Hey guys, welcome back to Sunday Glow. I'm Allison. And I'm Christine. All right, guys, this week we're talking all things independence. How was your week? How have you been? What are the highs and lows of the week? Highs and lows. Okay, well, with all honesty, Allison is still in Atlanta, so we're recording this live together, which I'm so excited about because I feel like it's just... We talk about this all the time. It's 100 times better just being in person. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm just really excited for you to be here. So that's a high. Tonight, we're seeing Justin Bieber. Tonight's the night, ladies. Tonight is the night. Less than 10 hours, we're going to be in front of Justin Bieber, which... I'm unwell. Everyone in my life knows I'm going to see this concert, like literally. Okay, yes. I don't know why, but like nobody I know from my school is like going to this concert or talking about this concert, but I feel like... It is sold out, so I'm like... Only the know. true believers know. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I feel like Allison kind of, like, got me on to Justin Bieber. I definitely did. I will take all credit. Yeah. I feel like... I'm not going to lie. I was the OG since, like, elementary yeah, school. No, like 100%. Yes. Allison has been, like, there from the beginning. I One think. makes fun of me. They're like, you like Justin Bieber? I'm like, uh, yeah. He's just so good. I feel like, also, he's evolved so much. And I love the person he's evolved into. Yes. So I'm so excited. He's been through a lot. I think really the has. true OGs know like he went through like an F boy phase. He went yeah. through a lot. But honestly, for his age, I feel like he's pretty mature at this point. Like, yeah. He, he got kind of famous had really to, fast. He got really famous young. really fast, but he also had to grow up really, no, really exactly. fast. Yeah. So I feel like people his age are still in their F boy phase. Yeah. And. I think the tough part about being a celebrity is like you're going through all these changes in front of everyone. So obviously everyone's going to see you like make mistakes and be an asshole. Yeah. But everyone's an asshole. But you're just not being broadcasted to like the world. Yeah, exactly. But we just love Justin. So we're so excited to see him. We're so excited. I guess that's the high. Maybe for both of us, I think. Oh, 100%. Is the high. That is the high. When did we buy these tickets? Was it a long time ago or was it? We bought it. We definitely no. I know exactly what we bought it during my final season last semester because okay. I was sitting in the library and booking these tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I like remember that distinctly now. Was that November or December? Either or, November or December. I just remember fr- <laughs> it was so funny. From that moment on, it's been a countdown. I was like, "We're seeing Justin. We're seeing Justin. Yeah. We're seeing Justin." And like tonight's the night. I know. I just really hope to be as present as possible. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I was telling Christine the last time I saw him was when I was in eighth grade. And that was like almost 10 years ago. Is he playing in New York again? He is in June. So if you want to come, we'll see him again. would love to. Yeah, (laughs) like I was talking to my church friends and they also are, I met like two other Justin Bieber fans and I was Mm. like, I'm going to see him in Atlanta. He's coming to New York though. And they're like, let's go. I'm like, I'd be down to go again. Like he's someone that every concert it is, even though it's like the same set list, different vibe different energy different vibe. you know also i think it'll be really cool considering that he started his career in atlanta yeah so see i forgot that to see him yeah here i feel like it's just gonna be so special oh i'm so, so excited. excited and it's his first night in atlanta he's playing here two nights in a row so oh, he's playing tomorrow night too two, yeah right i wish i could go to that one too but that's <laughs> a little his tickets are so expensive like if it was like i know a nosebleed seat for like 50 bucks i'd be like okay fine but like nosebleeds are still expensive they're like 150 bucks yeah. plus tax i'm like oh my gosh i know the things we do yeah all right for my low of the week you know i would and this kind of will go into my intention i think since coming to atlanta i've had a lot of perspective shifts and i just came oh, across okay. this quote on pinterest about how traveling 
it just brings you so much perspective and it leaves you wanting more like I would say most of the trips I go on I always leave you know it's a good trip when you leave and you're like oh I kind of wish I had another day or I wish I could extend it you know um so even though the trips I've gone on with Christine like those are so nice like Boston Chicago I think this is a really special trip because not only am I staying with her in her home so it's like super comfortable in her routine um but also like Atlanta's always held a really special place in my heart because I went to school here grew up like four years here and then changed a lot here so I think I think I need a I don't know when I'm gonna do this but like coming back here after graduating I definitely have like a different perspective on my life in New York too because I'm Mm. like am I doing everything that I want to do or am I doing what I think I should be doing which is like such a deep question but and something that I don't ponder on obviously like when I'm physically there doing the stuff I do um but all that to say I was like am I supposed to be in New York am I supposed to be in Atlanta am I supposed to be working what I'm supposed to be doing um dang are there (laughs) this trip has given you like a run for your money (laughs) because I think when I am back with my like college friends seeing you seeing life here it's a 180 for in terms of like the pace here um the priorities here and just the lifestyle Mm -hmm. and I think it just reminded me of like when I did have my time in Atlanta it was a really sweet time like it was very peaceful I always felt grounded here I mean it definitely took me like four years but I would definitely say like senior year I felt really grounded here yeah so maybe I need to find more of that in New York, but it's hard because New York is just like you wake up and the, it's so much hustle, like the grind culture. Um, The city just like breathes, work hard, play hard, don't sleep. Like the city does (laughs) not, I know it's, it's literally called the city does not sleep for a reason. So I don't know. It's just given me a lot of perspective. And I guess the reason it's a low is because I haven't thought about it ever mm. only until coming back am i like huh yeah because you kind of like put this idealistic lifestyle picture or I- yes idealistic picture towards this lifestyle when you were moving to new york for you were sure like, ever since you were younger you're like i want to move to new york i want to move to new york yeah which is completely fair and like you were able to achieve and i don't think you're unhappy there i think right. it's more so like you're able to widen your perspective by being able to travel to these different places yeah so and it gives me a perspective of like I mean, this is so down the road, but like, where do I want to? I know we were talking about this. Be this down the road, like, I don't know if I'm going to be in New York forever. I don't know yeah. if I want to explore other places, but I guess a low, but it's more of like a perspective shift. Yeah. yeah. Also, I feel like it's you're so young, like you mm-hmm. can do literally anything. So I yeah. think it's good that you're realizing this now than later. Yeah, and I think this is fitting with the episode because you could talk to a million different people and they will all give you a different opinion i could talk to christine and she'll be like oh wait no but like you belong in new york talk to my parents oh no like you belong here talk to my other friends oh no like come back so it's like it's It's ultimately up to me yeah um i don't know so maybe i need a therapist we'll see (laughs) yeah all right so with that let's set the tone for the week and share our sunday intentions All right, Christine, what's your intention for the week? 
Okay, my intention for the week is to let myself have time to myself. So kind of like independence, basically, <laughs> which is very pertinent to this week's topic. Yeah. And to just like fully feel, because I feel like this past I week that. I've been able to do the things that I know I needed to do. But of course, like with that, it's a struggle. So I just need to make myself fully feel or let myself fully yeah. feel. So that's the intention for the week. Not a lot of context, but just like feel. in general, like I always push my feelings away. So time to just let it all out. Yeah. So do you think what's the best way for you to let your feelings out? Is it through journaling? Is it through like going on a drive? Like mm, going on a drive is really helpful. Yeah. Um, Listening to like music that kind of, I guess, explains my feelings in a way. Um, that also really helps. And it kind of, I think for me, it's like I can push it away and then it'll just sit there. But then I like, I need to like almost like help myself get it out Mm -hmm. and then push it and then I'm done. Yeah. But where that, I feel like that's kind of hard for me to just like let all my emotions out. So like listening to music kind of accelerates that process. And maybe it's just like not a healthy thing with this. I feel like it's not really a healthy thing to just listen to like sad music and like, that like kind of describes how you're feeling yeah. but that's what works for me maybe my therapist will say something to me. <laughs> wait i'm okay i have to say though like the sad music i'm not even going through what they're talking about but then but also that's, it's just like really good no like it, it, it's not even that it makes me sad but i'm like i create this like narrative in my yeah, head you know sometimes it's like yeah no i completely agree but i think i just need to feel this week yeah yeah which I don't really have time for, but we'll make time. <laughs> so I was telling Christine this, like when I'm, I know I keep saying like when I'm in New York, but like truly I feel like when I'm there, I'm just heads down, working, busy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I like didn't give my space, give myself the space to feel for mm-hmm. like a long time just because you're so busy and you get my way of coping is like distracting myself with things so that I don't have to feel. I think at least you acknowledge like this week I want to feel, I want to process, I want to let it out some way. I'm more like, okay, I'm not going to deal with this. And I, I like don't ever talk about it. Think about it. I try not to. I like maybe we'll go through something and then I will immediately tell myself like, okay, we don't have time for this. And then never never give myself the space to like listen to sad music oh my god go on a drive like ponder like no I'm like and it's it has to do with like I think it's also your life like you're working mm -hmm. yeah you have things to be busy with like I'm a student in school taking 12 credits yeah I'm applying to grad school but like I think I've always been like this though because really yeah I think it's because I don't know I guess because dealing with it is so much harder than yeah. putting it away and like not having to deal with it. Of course, right? Yeah. So, I I agree. I think for me it's like I'm the opposite where I don't distract my I mean I try to distract myself, but at the end of the day, if I come across something, if I start to feel something, I have to like deal with it now. Like if it's like I can't just put it to the side. Mm-hmm. I have to like and I think that's why last week I wasn't feeling too great. It was like the low is a low, and then this week it's like I did what I had. I did what I knew I had to do to get rid of that. Yeah. 
and then now I just have to like go through the process of feeling it. So it's like, and that's I'm giving so much like detail, but like not. Any it's like detail it's at like all. <laughs> I'm sorry, like it's just like a private thing that I'm going through. But it's just like I have to. I think for just to relate to anyone, like you can go through something. I think for me, it's like I I know I'm going through something now. I did what I need to do. Now I have to go through the result of it. Right. And it'll just take time. But I think for me, I can't just like put it under the rug and hope that I won't ever think about it again. Yeah. And it's funny because um, I'm a Pisces and you're yeah. a Wait, what's your uh, moon sign again? Do you remember? I have no clue. Okay. Because the moon sign is emotions and mine is a Sagittarius. And like, even though I might come across as like the Pisces, I, I was talking and this is so funny because I think a lot of people think that I'm like so emotional, but I don't remember the last time I cried which is a bad thing. Like, I don't remember oh, the last time are I, you like... serious? Yeah. I don't remember the last time I allowed my... Well, this episode is just really taking a spin. I but I don't remember the last time I, like, allowed myself to cry. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Which is not great. Um... Because no. crying isn't a bad thing at all. It's just yeah. a natural emotion. Yeah. Maybe I'll cry tonight at Justin. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's interesting. I probably will too. <laughs> like listening to music or like watching a show. I think we we're talking about this. Yeah. Remember that? Remember that time when you were obsessed with that movie Clouds? Yes. And I just wanted to cry. You just wanted to cry. So yeah. it's like watching this movie almost like gave you like an excuse or a reason. Like it's okay to cry right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Maybe I'm not as in tune with my emotions as I think I am. So I honestly, like from an outside perspective, yeah, I feel like that might be because of like the lifestyle that you're in now, like being in mm, New York. Like, yeah, it's almost like I mean I don't know how it is, but it seems from the outside it's like a numbing experience where you're oh, going through so much, yeah, that you like don't have time to right. process. Right, it's like right when you got here, you were telling me about like the things that you were thinking about, like on the plane just <laughs> coming to atlanta right so right it's almost like leaving new york gave you the space to feel a little bit more totally maybe you just need to do these like weekend trips where i like yeah. <laughs> cry <laughs> and then go back to the numbing experience Literally. but i agree like I've, I've i mean do you not want to cry like there's times when i i'm not there's nothing wrong like i'm just like i'm chilling mm-hmm. but i like and i have no reason to cry mm-hmm. but i want to but i can't you know what i think I think that with a lot of my friends and my family, I'm usually I take on the role of like caring for the person or like I'm the bigger sister. So I try to that is true. be the stronger one. Yeah. So I don't think I've been in a situation that maybe I felt like. Like. Maybe I associate me crying with that person and thinking like oh, like, Allison's, like, weak. Or you know what I mean? Mm. Like, so Allison's usually the one that's so, like, supportive. That's how I used And strong. To be. Yeah. But, yeah. Which is, like, traumatic. Maybe it's from tr- past trauma. Who yeah. knows? Um, but speaking of that, <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if we've talked about this specifically in the pod, but I will speak for myself. I have started to explore the idea of going to therapy. And... It's really because a lot of people in my life have just told me like how great it has been for them in terms of like not creating more problems in their life, but making them aware of the problems that already existed. And I think something that scared me about therapy is like, is it just going to, and that's what exactly what I'm scared of. Is it like, am I going to have to cry a lot and like uncover all these things that 
I didn't know I had to deal with or I didn't even know I had these problems but like subconsciously they're all there yeah um but that's something that maybe this later half of the year is something I'm going to try to get into because mm-hmm. I feel like someone asking the right questions being like a non-judgmental listener like maybe that's what I need to help me process these things yeah a lot of my friends have said that like you don't necessarily have to be going through something to go exactly. to therapy like I remember my friend was telling me um shout out Hallie she was like I just she's like my best friend like you just chat with her like Aww. every few months or when I'm going through a lot I'll just like talk to her more yeah so I definitely think it's like a healthy thing to go through um definitely something I'm also exploring yeah with moving because I feel like yes I came into college and I went through a lot between my freshman year and my like where I'm at now and I think a lot of it had to do with like a huge transition that I had between high school and college and I don't really want to go through I mean it's gonna be different obviously this time because I'm a lot more mature at this point than I was four years ago but I don't want to go into it naively like I did the first time Mm -hmm. and so definitely exploring that for this like future move but we'll see where it takes us yeah like I've had a lot of friends go into it after they moved and realized like oh my god I need a therapist Mm -hmm. but I think it's smart also to like start talking to one before you make that huge transition so they can like better prepare you yeah I think it's just like a healthy thing to do Mm -hmm. but yeah so pro therapy that was a big tangent but let's hop into our current faves All right, Allison, what's your first favorite? So my first fave, I'm sipping on it right now. It's the Starbucks Nitro Cold Brew. And, you know, I haven't had it in a minute. I usually either get like a latte or just an iced coffee. Honestly, I've been into the shaken espresso drink also. But right when I wake up, I don't like to have a super sugary drink. So this Nitro is so good. It's like on tap. So they don't brew it like in the fridge. It's just coming from tap. And then... It is so nice and foamy on the top. It just tastes so smooth. Mm. It is the caffeine is like insane. Um, but I feel like my body's already so used to caffeine that this yeah. really helps me wake up. Whereas like iced coffee, latte doesn't, do doesn't really do it. Like a shaken espresso where I have like four shots, like great. Oh my but God. I feel like <laughs> I feel like without coffee, yeah, that's when you know you're dependent on it. I really get a headache. So nitro cold brew. If you're into the caffeine, you also don't want a ton of sugar in the morning, but you still want something that's like a little bit tasty, more tasty than a typical cold brew. I feel like this is a great drink. Mm-hmm. What do you get when you don't have nitro? It depends on the mood. Usually if I'm okay with having a sugary drink, I'll get the brown sugar mm. oat milk shake and espresso, which is so good. How many shots does that have? I think it's three. And then sometimes I'll ask for an extra shot. Um, or it's two and ask for an extra shot. Either way, I usually ask for an extra That's- shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they don't have the nitro, I'll also just get like a black cold brew. Um, and that's kind of it. Those are my three drinks on rotation. What I do usually you drink at home. At home, I'll make myself, I'll, I'm like psycho. I literally do like four shots of espresso. <sighs> With a splash of oat milk. And that's my drink in the morning. 
like, like when I wake up. Like how do you? I I just I don't I don't know how you do it. I don't know. I feel like my body's like so used to it. Like yeah, I, I guess it's something you build tolerance. Totally. Like now it's like I literally will have headaches if I don't have this drink. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You need to like go on a vacation for a long time and just like get off the thing. No, I feel like I'm gonna go on vacation and like I'm gonna have coffee every day. Like no. <laughs> my roommate Issa was like she didn't have she was sick last week and didn't have any coffee and she was like i feel like i'm not on like addicted to it as much anymore i know the other thing about coffee maybe i need to maybe maybe i'll try this is that i've heard it makes you anxious because it makes you so alert Um, (laughs) and then you're going and being distracted in new york so so i'm like like, you're really not feeling anything i'm on one i'm (laughs) anxious because of the coffee the caffeine is numbing the city is numbing everything is numbing (laughs) so maybe allison needs to come here more (laughs) i need to come more and not have coffee and just be just like i was telling christine like literally getting out a whole day like just to like not have coffee i feel like god seriously but like having a whole trip where i don't have to worry about work i don't have to wake up at 5 30 i don't have to <gasps> hear the sirens or hear the crazy people screaming like it sounds like the norm but it's just such it's peaceful. a nice feeling like it's bliss it, yeah. it really is it's it's funny because when i lived in my last apartment in atlanta it was almost like the new york lifestyle where you have like louder the cars yes the, the cars fire trucks the people doing crazy things at 2 a.m yes but now i live like behind a forest and it's the most peaceful thing it's in the world so peaceful like, and you look out. i'm so grateful for it because i remember the first see. night that i slept here when i first moved in i like didn't even have a bed like i had like a little something on the floor and i I slept through the entire night. I was oh, like, what the heck? Like, so I usually, I'm like, I've become numb to, I used to become numb to like the sounds in the middle of the night. Same. But now I'm just like, wow, this is, this is a life. When you were living in your other place, did you have trouble sleeping? Or you Sometimes, became numb? Well, I mean, we would wake up a few times. Like there was this one time this guy was like doing donuts in the, um, Oh, like, you just right outside. This. Like, That's he was, crazy. Like, burning up his tires. But and then he ran into our building which was great oh my god so it's just like very different part of town now much nicer closer to campus beautiful love so i'm just very grateful for where i live now i know hopefully the next place you live is also going to be as peaceful i don't think think it is i mean i'm going to be living like downtown not downtown but like in the city and it's just going to be i think not I mean, it's a small city to begin with, so mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be obviously anything close to New York, mm-hmm. but hopefully, fingers crossed, it's going to be like a younger part of town, so I'm kind of excited about it, Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah. That's a future problem. I know. I do have to say, like, living in a place that's like, you wake up and you hear the cars, it does get me out of bed. Like, it does yeah. make me motivated to like, take on the day even though it's like chaotic yeah um but then having these moments of peace is also really nice yeah i miss i will say my old apartment i do miss like the sun would like directly shine into my room so that was nice like right now we do get like sunlight back here but it's not as much as i would love yeah that's what i don't love but my next apartment should have like a lot more windows and a lot more sunlight which i'm excited about right oh so nice yeah all right what is your first (laughs) fate we really just got on all the tangents (laughs) My first favorite is the Elta MD sunscreen. I have used, I use it off and on since like beginning of the summer. Mm -hmm. And then 
I stopped using it for a while and then I'm using it again now because I got the clear one, which I prefer more. Um, I have like the tint. I started with the tinted one because I was like, oh, like this will be great. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like is like, maybe this is just me, but when I put on like any form of like foundation yeah. or any color thing on my face, I don't like to use my hands. Yeah. So I like to use a brush. And so when I'm putting on tinted sunscreen, it like bothers me that my hands are like dirty after mm. I put it on. Whereas if I use clear sunscreen, it's like, you're fine. So been loving the Elta MD clear sunscreen. I just put on the tinted one today because I wanted to try it again, but I'm still like a diehard clear and Elta MD sunscreen gal. Love it. I so. feel like the SPF is something I'm missing from my life, which is not really? good. Like Of all people, you were the one who got me on SPF. God, it's not like. good. It's because my skincare routine doesn't have SPF and then really? I only wear concealer on my face oh my god it's not good this is surprising wait what i thought you you what i used to be into sunscreen i used you know what it was i used the super goop unseen sunscreen yeah. and then i ran out and i never bought it again which is mm. an issue but do we need to stop at sephora today we might need to it's right next to because <laughs> <Cycle. laughs> super you know i don't know if they have it but super goop came out with a new sunscreen my thing is i don't like and this is an issue universally the feeling of sticky sunscreen you need to try the Elta. maybe MD i'll try one. the Elta md yeah um unseen was great but the thing was the unseen sunscreen it's like a grip like primer but i felt like it left my skin kind of oily i hate Mm. any residue on my skin i don't want to feel like sticky or oily yeah um but super goop came out with a new formula i think it's called like the light dose something it's like brand new i don't even know if they have that store yet um but it's supposed to be like drops like drops oh. and then you put on your skin and i'm like that sounds more that up sounds my alley so like very light kind of like a little like serum yes oh my god Wait, I, I love wanna... that idea of like a yeah. serum sunscreen that like something so that's smart yeah not like another layer but something that just will sink into your skin so also, we'll see serum is just like fun to apply yeah it's fun have a little dropper also I think with that's like what it is. summer it would be nice to have like a dewy look yeah that would so, be so fun i hope they Let's stop at Sephora. Let's see if they have it. Yeah. Um, but Supergoop's super innovative. They ha- they basically are like creating sunscreens in all these different versions. They have a lotion, a cream, a serum, a whatever, a primer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, ha- I have no excuse, but that sounds amazing. I want to try the LTMD one too. Yeah. Okay, what's your second favorite? So my second fave is actually my Vitruvi diffuser. I was thinking about having this as a fave. Really? <laughs> the funny thing, I actually... So... Maybe this is, it's not TMI, but at work, now that we're going in for sure three days a week, I'm like, you know what? I'm basically spending majority of my work week in the office. I want to make sure my workspace there is really Mm. calming, conducive to like being productive, but also a place I like to be majority of my time. So I was that person. I literally brought my diffuser from home to my desk. I know I'm crazy, but it's all okay because the people I work with, they get it. Like they're like, we're all about setting the vibes. So I brought my diffuser and sometimes like when I get in the office, I'll turn it on and it's just the sound and just seeing the like diffusing water. It's just really calming when I like answer my morning emails and stuff. Um, (laughs) I don't even put an essential oil in. I just let it go. And I think it's 
really common. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, I also haven't found an essential oil that I love. So maybe that's it too. Mm. But the diffuser, it's been great because it's given me a reason to feel calm when I go in the office. And I think especially if you work in a place where it can be chaotic, finding little ways to make your space and make your environment feel a little bit more grounding is really nice. We also have like we're kind of crazy. We I work in like the homestead business too. So we have candles. We get like samples. So oh. we can keep the samples and I'm like burning them throughout the day. It's just so, that's so it's really fun. nice. It's really nice. So yeah, that's been my favorite of the week. It's really enhanced my um work experience. Especially in working in the office. Yeah. I yes. feel like your office smells amazing now. I know. And like being at home, you're able to light a million candles and really create your environment but if you're able to do that at the office I feel like it'll make you want to come in I feel like if I did that in my job like because I got to go there over the summer for a week if I did that they'd be like what the heck is wrong with you you know what I'm not (laughs) even trying to sponsor I'm not sponsoring but the one we have the Vitruvi one it's like a really nice stone diffuser but they actually came out with um a handheld diffuser wait really where you charge it and then it's so small but just like you put it on your desk and you could just you know is it the one you have at your office or i have the stone one oh, okay but if you don't want something that's so like in your face that one's super discreet and mm. it's super does like the same thing oh my gosh yeah that's cool all about the little things it really truly. is the little things all right what's your second fave okay second favorite are slip scrunchies i have these everywhere i like absolutely love these i bought I don't know where I got a bunch of these. Mm-hmm. I used to buy them from Sephora. I've actually, oddly enough, I've used these for. I feel like so long. I feel so like they've been long. recurring phase. I, yeah. No, I remember the first time I bought them. It was at this like camp that I went to in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> so random. <laughs> but, like, right before the pandemic, so March 2020, I went to this camp and I bought these at the Sephora there, and it was like. $50 for a pack of like six, which is ridiculous. I have like scrunchies. <laughs> ridiculous for scrunchies, the skinny ones. And, but I will say like I kept them until probably like mid last year. So maybe like over a year mm-hmm. with these scrunchies. I was just like really responsible with my scrunchies. I was going to say so you didn't lose any of them. I didn't lose them. Wow. The only reason why I would move to a next one, there's like six of them, was because one stretched out, oh, which okay. just happens with silk scrunchies. You can't really do anything about it, I don't think. So, yeah. I bought new ones. I don't know where I got these that I have now, mm-hmm. but I remember them being like significantly cheaper, oh. like $9 for a pack of four. Wow. What? I don't know. I think it was maybe like TJ Maxx or something. Oh, okay. Something like that's a smart hack. Something like that. I don't yeah. know. I want to find them again, though, yeah. because that was really cheap. And I like having them everywhere, especially in my car, because I feel like I always need a scrunchie in my car for some yeah. reason. But I love silk scrunchies. I mm-hmm. think they're amazing, especially the light colored ones, because you can't really see them on your wrist. Yeah. They're like more natural and like more of an accessory than they are an actual useful product. Yeah. So... Yeah, I love the silk scrunchies. I feel like I associate Christine with slip silk scrunchies. Like, I really do. Like, the thin with your bracelet stack is very Christine. And, like, I borrowed one because we were driving and, like, with the roof down, you know, windy, hair is in my face. So we used it. And the reason I don't love other scrunchies is because it leaves a crimp in your hair. Exactly. So the one that's really nice about this is that it doesn't leave a crimp in your hair. Yeah. And it's also cute. Like the worst is having 
a cute bracelet stack and, and a black- nasty black scrunchie no. on your wrist. I'm like, get that out. No, we can't do it. Like, and I used to be that person. My mom yeah. would be so mad. She's like, Christine, get off. Like, get yeah. that thing off your wrist. Like, it would leave a little crease, like a little black line. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Like, line across your wrist. My mom was a stickler about that. And now so I realize why. My hair is... I don't know. My hair is so thick, though. Like, when I'm working out, I, I'm Oh, a I have to use the black ones when I work out. Same. I use two... I, yeah, me No, too. I use two just to get the ponytail up. And then I use two to wrap the bun. Oh, my god! I have four black scrunchies to secure this massive head of hair for when that I work out. That is crazy. I just... I do one... I do two to put in a ponytail. I usually don't put it in a bun just because okay. I feel like it like bounces around probably yeah. because i don't use enough yeah but then i also also have to have a headband headband yeah like are a little that. skinny like it doesn't have to be anything big but just like holding back like my little flyaways yeah I have a ton of flyaways if i don't have that i'm bothered the entire workout I, you know i haven't tried the headband but it's so annoying do you whenever get, like, a little pieces of hair i do hands? and i just like slick it back with my sweat like no okay when yes I'm but then it's like it's so annoying like no, when i is. work out i don't want to worry about like my like anything what my attire looks right. like that's also why i like, like the long line sports bras because they like stay down like a tank top whereas the short ones kind of like ride up yeah like, scrunch under your um chest yeah and so yeah big tangent but anyways i like have to have my entire body like completely i totally set get that so i can focus on the workout yeah you don't want to have to like be pulling your shorts down pulling it yeah. up like i can't wear biker shorts to a oh. cycle because of that because it rides up yeah okay yeah so but let the scrunchies anyways <laughs> be sure to check out more of our faves on our website sundayglowpod.com and with that let's dive into this week's episode <laughs> Okay, guys, so today we're having a major girl chat talking all things independence. So I think this to- this topic is and has been super relevant to both of our lives forever. And I feel like we're going to be diving into our, t- our tips about how we live independent lives. But I think it's important to emphasize that there's a big difference between being independent and still having healthy circles of people in your life mm-hmm. who are there for you, supportive, encouraging. And being independent and not allowing people to help, being there for you, et cetera. Like, I think it's important to be independent, but also welcome those people into your life if they have shown that they want to and can be there for you. Like, I don't think, sometimes I think it can be taken the wrong way. Being independent is like you being so self-sufficient that you don't look to anybody for anything. Mm. Like, I think, I mean, this is different for everyone but for me my definition of independence is like being self-sufficient but also welcoming help if I need it but not relying on other people to do these things for me that's so interesting I feel like I'm now that you said that I feel like I'm balancing I'm still working on that aspect of my life because I was raised and maybe this is like how it it boils down to how people are raised but for me my mom has always raised me with the fact of like you never rely on someone else for anything mm-hmm. like when it comes like people even giving you things or like taking care of you in certain ways like always like repay them because you like never want to like owe anyone anything mm-hmm. and maybe i mean i think that's not great in some aspects but also great in other aspects so it's definitely something i'm working on because i feel like it's evolved as i've been in college right I think, yeah, it definitely has a lot to do with how you were raised because it's funny. I think looking at both my parents, 
my dad is very independent, but also like very always being the first one to help Mm -hmm. his family. Mm -hmm. So like if I need help, it's it's okay. So let's let's take an example um, that just like happened in my life. So if I am I live like kind of close to home. So if I'm like really hungry, <laughs> so random my and I told my dad this my dad be like, oh, like, let me send you food, um, whatever. Very like physically helpful because he's like, that's just like it's the way he was raised too. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm the oldest daughter, so he's like, you know, you're still my oldest daughter, even though you're like 23, still like wants to help. My mom would be like, oh, like you have a credit card. You can just (laughs) buy it. Like just very different perspectives. But this has to do with the way they were raised, because I think my mom came here to the U.S. by herself, very self-sufficient from the beginning, had no one to rely on but herself, created a life on her own. Whereas my father, his family did come with him to the U.S. So he was able to like have that family support. So I think having these people as my parent, having these people, having these types of like experiences then affect my parents has really affected the way they raised me. But it's also I kind of get like two sides of the coin where I see the independence being a good thing because you are self-sufficient. But also being independent doesn't mean I can't also accept help. So where do you think you lean? I think that I'm more like my mom where Mm. I don't really rely on other people for things. And it's like you have to do things on your own, figure it out on your own. For example, at work, would it be easy for me to like call my parents and be like, help me with this because they've had experience with this? Sure. But I tend to not really talk about like my work stress with them figure it out on my own figure out a solution on my own figure out how to deal with it on my own um same with like the apartment stuff I rarely really ask them for help financially physically etc um but when it comes to like I guess maybe even even emotional stuff I feel like emotional stuff the older I get not the more I don't rely on them, but the more I view them as like my parents, people who take care of me, but not people who need to emotionally like hear about every issue and help mm-hmm. me problem solve. I think I kind of like problem solve on my own. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see. Yeah, I think it also boils down to you being like the oldest, kind of like your mom, how yeah. she like came here alone. Not that you're alone, but, like, I think that you take on a lot of responsibility as the oldest. Right. So, that's so interesting. Yeah. What about you? What's your kind of background about the independence thing and your take on it? So, I gave a little bit of my background. I think, like, growing up with my mom, she was also very independent, actually. Like, she... I think both my parents are actually very independent, now that I think about it. So, like, my mom came here with her family, but because my grandmother doesn't speak a lot of English, she didn't really... Like, my mom kind of had to just navigate her life on her own. Yeah. She was, she moved alone to Georgia and like got a job here and, like, kind of made a life for herself, like your mom did as well. And that, in turn, made her very independent, kind of, like, had that, she kind of had that mindset where it was, like, you can't owe anyone anything or if you do, like, 
she will always repay them in some way one way or another and then my dad on the other side of it he was like one of eight children and I guess for him that he didn't really have or one of seven children actually I don't know I'm like, <laughs> a lot of siblings a lot of siblings basically seven or eight children he was one of them and he was a middle child so he wasn't really like given a lot of opportunity as a middle child of a lot of kids and so he like joined the military to like make a life for himself and then got a job in Atlanta and has been there for 30 years ever since so it's like they both had very different paths like they didn't really like use the college scene thing to get a job they didn't um have a lot of like support from their parents in terms of getting a job so I think it's interesting because I'm getting all that support now but to be raised by those two people who didn't have that support it's almost like now they're helping me become a lot more self-sufficient a lot faster than I think I would have expected but also babying me in a lot in a little bit because I am like the youngest girl in the family so I think it's like a balance in that way but super interesting to think about because both my parents are very independent right so do you think because of that do you not rely on your parents for as much I think I try not to I think it's funny because I think my mom wants me to rely on her more and it's almost like she didn't have that maybe because she didn't have that relationship with her mother that she wants to have that with me which I'm completely open with but I also maybe as a product of them too I want to have some separation and some independence from that and I think that my brother and I are very different in that way too like my brother is very dependent on our parents um and I'm I would say I'm more independent than he is in terms of I guess emotionally Mm. our independence from our parents so yeah it's kind of it's odd how it worked out considering also he's the fact that he's the oldest and I'm the youngest but it's yeah I think I like like the independence a little more yeah I think when it comes to the emotional dependence it's just so it's so different because I I could see like my sister and she could probably think that I'm so emotionally dependent on my parents because I call them often Mm. I'm not calling them for like advice though I'm simply calling them because I want to like catch up with them hear about what's happening with them um so i think yeah everyone's definition of like emotional dependence on parents is very interesting yeah yeah i agree okay so now that we've talked about our kind of take on independence we're all going to give our tips on how we are independent yeah all right you want to start us off allison okay so for the first tip i would say is you cannot rely or depend on other people for your happiness facts and you know it sounds so simple but i think for a good portion of my life i was doing things to make other people happy i would do things for other people and that's not necessarily a bad thing per se you know you're being selfless and giving etc but you cannot do these things at the expense of your own sanity and happiness if you want to do x you cannot let someone else experience hold you back and like not let you do that Mm -hmm. um And I don't want to say I'm a saint or I'm like the most selfless person because I'm not. I think when I say like I would do things for other people, it's the people pleasing tendencies. It's more of like 
do I want to do things for other people? Yes, but it's more of like I would do things so that other people would like me. So mm-hmm. it would fall back on me. So I don't want to say I'm like the most selfless person, but like I would do a lot of things for other people just to get their validation, just to get their acceptance, approval. Um, but then that goes to the bigger thing of like, I shouldn't be so dependent on other people's approval, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I'm learning for sure is the goal of me doing these things shouldn't be to get this person to like me. Honestly, the people that are the most loving and caring in your life are going to love you regardless of you doing that. Mm -hmm. So I know it sounds so vague and simple, but truly putting yourself first in that regard and not doing things just to make and not relying on other people um, to make you happy. Like you can be happy and self-sufficient and independent all on your own. When do you think you had that switch between wanting to make others happy versus yourself? I think when I've encountered experiences that I was super excited about Mm. and like I was so, yeah, like I'll give an example. If I really wanted to go to this pottery class and Mm. I'm like so excited, I love art, I love getting creative. It's like an outlet that I was really into as a kid but mm-hmm. haven't really been able to experience again this actually a it's actually a thing oh, okay. yeah i was like really into art as a kid um and you a story <laughs> no 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 so i, I about you. yeah so i'm like really into when i was little i was yeah. really into like i took art classes i was into oh, painting i was okay. into all that so if i'm really excited about this pottery class and i, I want to bring my friends who may not be like into pottery mm-hmm. I think before I used to go to this pottery class so excited, see that they weren't as excited and would it would not make me as excited because my excitement yeah. about the experience was tied. Your, your emotions. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was tied to their experience. So I'm like, I'm super excited. I'm going to do this pottery. I look over and they're like kind of unfazed, unentertained, not really like super into it. Then automatically I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have as much fun. Mm. But for example, the Justin Bieber concert is a perfect example. I'm like so pumped for this concert. Not only, but then, okay. Not only because I love Justin, love the concert, but because I know I'm going with someone who loves him just as much. So I know like going with that person is also going to make me so happy. But then I shouldn't be allowing that person to affect my experience. Yeah. So, but I think that was kind of the tipping point was like when I was doing things I was really excited about, I really enjoyed, but I was realizing I'm letting other people's experience affect my own happiness with it. So I, I get that, Mm -hmm. but I also know that you are the type of person that like when someone else's, like someone else's energy will affect the way that you kind of present yourself in or feel about anything in the moment. Mm -hmm. So how do you separate that like how do you now that you know like okay like i'm not gonna let this affect me but it seems like it's part of your like natural like horoscope no exactly that's the that's the golden question and i think that you've heard of the the being an empath right no so being an empath is basically when you feel for others and that's something that you can't control like if you're Mm. sad I can't just walk around like la di da like life is great like the moment you're sad not that I'm like like I know what you're feeling but I am sad with you like Mm -hmm. that's how an empath works when you're super 
down this this type of person is gonna acknowledge that and they can't just be like blatantly ignoring your feelings and like living their own life like that's just what an empath is so Mm -hmm. i would consider myself an empath yeah so i think me being aware of that not that i'm now having to be more unempathetic but i do have to actively choose i'm like you know what it's not my responsibility to make them feel happier or better that that they have to do on their own Mm -hmm. I can be there for them to support them but I have to also prioritize like my own feelings like just because they're sad doesn't mean I have to also be sad I need to actively choose like I'm here for them I support them Mm -hmm. but I also can't solve their problems exactly so it's hard though that's a good path to take or a good mindset to have because I think the opposite which is something that it's hard to deal with too is like when you are an empath and your friends people who aren't like that it could be taken as like they're so insensitive mm. because when you're so sad or happy and they're so the opposite and they're not like aware of how you're feeling you may feel like oh my god like this person is so insensitive mm. not yeah. but that's how i feel because i am this way yeah i don't know if other people feel that way yeah i don't know how i feel in those situations like, if someone is sad, like, how do you usually react? I don't know how to react to people's sadness. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I just, maybe it's, like, how I was raised, Like, honestly. if someone's, like, crying. Like, trying to help them. I'm just not... I know. I'm not good at, like, helping... Like, in my friends know this. I remember my... <laughs> like, the comfort thing. Like, I'm really bad at comforting people oh. when they're really sad. Yeah. People are really good at helping comfort me when I'm sad. But I feel like the opposite like and maybe this is me needing to be more empathetic i don't know if this ties back to my horoscope or anything like that but i don't know i just i think i've gotten better at helping comfort people yeah i think i try to take the more logical route when someone's like sad and i and they need someone to like kind of help them talk through things i try to take the more logical route like this is just doesn't make any sense yeah. like da, 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 whatever i should really talk to myself when i'm sad but yeah i don't know yeah i feel like i'm I, my friends i remember my freshman year roommate emily she was like i never cry in front of you because i know like you don't know how to comfort me which is mm. so fair like i remember one time she was crying for like this is not a bad thing but like she was crying for something and she like, literally left the room and like when we lived together in the same room in the same dorm she left the room and like talked to her friend on the phone because she knew that I just I'm just oh, not that person yeah. and especially naive Christine freshman year would not know how to comfort someone right I think I'm a little better now but I think I'm still definitely learning yeah I mean it's really tough to be both I would say it's really tough to be both really good at like really really good at processing your own emotions and like letting it out and expressing that but also really good at comforting someone else when they're going through stuff um not saying you are one or the other but I have noticed like some of my friends the people who are maybe more expressive of their own emotions and like able to better process their own emotions may not be as great as like at comforting other people because they're they they're more like I know how to deal with myself I don't really know how to deal with their yeah I guess less in tune with external yeah exactly I don't know where I lie on that (laughs) well it's a it's a work in progress yeah all right so what's your first tip on being independent okay first tip okay my first tip is setting time aside for yourself first I'm a big calendar girl you guys know I love my Google calendar and 
for me, I like to just make sure I have time open mm-hmm. every week just to like go to bed early or get some time alone or all that kind of stuff. I just feel like, and I think this is really great because I've been able to, I think both my roommate and I know that like we want to like have time alone. So like we know like time to like, we'll talk for a while, but then we also know like, okay, like time close to separate and close <laughs> the door. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I really think that just setting time for, aside for yourself, doing the things that you love. For me, I love going on drives. The mornings, I love to go to Starbucks. Um, going to school early just to get work done. Like just like the little things is what helps me a lot. Or even mm-hmm. my soul cycle. Like I set aside at totally. my 7 a.m. class nearly every morning, either whether it's in person or at home, just so I have time before the world wakes up, essentially, yep. just to like do my thing yeah have my little time to myself and I think that is super grounding and especially in the morning I think the morning is the biggest thing because Mm -hmm. if I just like jump into a social situation in the morning I get like anxiety I can't I can't do it like it's just too much also one thing that I'm going to start trying to do is like not go on social media right when I wake up just because I feel like it's similar to jumping into a social situation so yeah that's the thing I'm working on but just in general I love to set aside time for myself first Mm -hmm. before I start planning my classes like even before I planned all my classes this semester I made sure I knew like when I'm going to wake up for my workouts beforehand or Mm -hmm. how I'm going to plan out timing and stuff like that so definitely something I do first set time for myself figure out like what I need to do for myself to get myself in check before I can do other things yeah um literally didn't plan this but my second tip is exactly that and it's similar where it's like developing healthy habits yeah that set me up for successful days Mm -hmm. and majority that is in the morning routine alone like I used to really love working out classes with people Mm. I like to do that on I think on the weekends but when it's like the everyday Monday to Friday I like to have that time on by myself Mm -hmm. I prefer even going into the gym earlier when no one else is there like Mm. I just don't like you said I don't need to be jumping into a social situation I'm also probably people I think it's so interesting I'm such a different person like in the morning versus like at work in the morning I'm like don't talk to me yeah let me get my shit done at work I'm like hi everyone Need that you need like you the do time because i don't think anyone wants to wake up and like go to a, like a class or like anything with like 50 people That's right when you lot. wake up it's too much like i honestly i do that with soul cycle when i go to the 7 a.m class sometimes on tuesday thursday it's like really really busy uh-huh. but i kind of go into it knowing i'm not going to talk to anyone and you don't know anyone yeah, I it's don't know great anyone. it's amazing yeah but i do understand what you're saying like being completely alone in the morning yeah it is nice but i think similar like i can't expect the gym to also be alone because everyone's probably thinking the same thing like the earlier i go the less people so yeah. some people are going to be there but when i do go i don't talk to anyone yeah. don't talk to me don't look at me let me get my workout in yeah. goodbye um same in the morning it's like i live with my cousin and the morning we just we're also the same we like we're like good morning and then we do our thing yeah. and then we go for and it's like you really do have to have that time to yourself because Every single day is different. I need that time to check in with myself. What do I need today? How do I feel today before I can give anything to anyone? Got to fill your own cup before you fill someone else's, right? Exactly. So I feel like, honestly, props to my parents because my parents, 
Your the parents moment are really they into the mo- morning routine, my parents are into the morning routine. But the moment they wake up, props to parents in general, they have to like automatically start with their kids. But I think mm-hmm. with my parents, my dad really, he's really good at like, okay, gotta go get his workout in, gotta go get his like walking the dog, feed the dog, whatever. Um, before they like come together and eat breakfast and stuff is so important. Mm-hmm. So I think even with a roommate, like I think I used to think you had to when I was immature, I had I thought like from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, living with this person, we're talking, we're chatting, we're socializing. Yeah. But that's not the case. Yeah, no. Yeah, I completely agree. I think freshman year it was like especially because I had like five AM workouts every day or every or three times a week. And it was with this other person that I lived with. Oh, my God. So I think it was like at the beginning, it was like, okay, we need to like fill the void of space and like talk and make sure we're like communicating all the time. Like from literally like 5 a.m. We wake up till like 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. We go to bed, whatever. We spent like every waking moment together, basically. Right. But I think as a time evolved, we realized, okay, like we're not talking as much in the mornings and at night just because like we talk during the day it's just like i agree like it's a, you need that time you also you need a space to yourself i think it's like so important to have just like a room to yourself a place to yourself yes. where you just feel comfortable and safe and in private versus like being constantly exposed to someone else yeah and i think this also goes to the topic of like sometimes living with your best friend is not the healthiest situation yeah like i would say most I would say uh, actually I did actually live with like my best friends in college Mm -hmm. but especially I think with post-grad the work from home situation if you're living with your best friend who you also do weekend things with hang out with on your free time and you guys both work from home it's like I feel like I would be suffocated yeah I need my space I need to do my own thing so I think I used to think like the goal is to always live with your best friend, mm-hmm. but not necessarily. I think having the space, it can be like a long distance relationship. It's like it makes the times you get to spend with each other so much sweeter. Yeah, I completely agree. I am so sad that I have to live alone next year, but I'm just really cherishing the moments that I have now. Just yeah. like being able to live with my best friend and like the fact that she is so like open to us being independent on our own. So right. Like, I think that's a great thing. Do you think living on your, I mean, I've never lived on my own. Yeah, I'm scared. I know, but I feel like you're also really good at occupying your time. Yes, like I find things to do. And it's funny because I was actually talking to someone who did the exact same thing that I'm doing yeah. this coming year. Like the same company, same, literally same building that I'm probably going to live in. And she was saying that she was scared to live alone at first, but she just had to make a effort to put herself out there and especially in the beginning which I definitely like took that advice like I need to do that but when I move but she just put herself out there and met her best friends um and now they like she says they can't like not see each other after three days type thing. yeah like, yeah they have to be like they have separation anxiety and it's <laughs> a good puppy <laughs> yeah. but I feel like I'm gonna have the same I hopefully I'll have the same situation where I can like put myself out there find my friends yes ideally they live like very close by where we can like meet up every couple of days or That's every day rather than me like 
I don't know. I feel like I'm going to thrive on my own. I'm, I say this now. Like, I just have this feeling that like I'm going to love living alone. Yeah. I think it's going to be scary at first. and I'm going to go through like the lows, of course. But I think there will be some highs that kind of come along with it. Totally. I think only when you live alone, you It'll can do whatever you want. Experience. Oh, huge growing experience. Yeah. Like you can walk around naked if you want. Yeah. You can. But I think it's funny. I was talking to my roommate about this and it's like living with someone, it holds me accountable to like keep the place clean. Yeah. Keep things tidy. So it's really going to challenge you too. Yeah. I mean, in good and bad ways. Yeah, yeah for I'm, sure. I'm excited, nervous, all yeah. the feelings. All right. What is your second tip on being independent? Okay. Second tip. I have, I feel like this is my mantra of life. Mm-hmm. It's focus on what you can control and let go of what you can't. I think this also applies to independence because I think with independence, it's like, I sometimes think like, I think we just have this feeling sometimes that we want to control what other people are doing. We're like, okay, like, I don't understand like why, or you're letting someone else's actions affect your feelings. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like, you can't rely on other people's actions you have to just like focus on what you control which is literally yourself yeah and so when i think of independence i'm like i literally the only thing i have the power to do is to focus on what i can control yeah. let go of what i can't and everything that is meant to happen will happen yeah. and everything that's not meant to will not so that's kind of just a mantra i have for life and i think that applies a lot to independence and it reminds me when i'm feeling overwhelmed by a lot of external forces like this is what it all boils down to and it isn't a a fact of independence so yeah see I totally agree because that has to do with like the point I made too of like you can't rely on other people to make you happy yeah but it's just I think it's so it's so hard because easier said than done oh so easier said than done because yeah like when you really really love and care about people isn't it natural like their happiness makes you happy yeah you know yeah I think so but at the end of the day it's like they could be happy they could be sad I can't but it's not like your responsibility it's not it's not responsibility also like I can't let that affect me to an extent maybe yeah. I'm not an empath <laughs> yeah I think that it's like there's a fine line of you also don't want to be cold and you don't yeah. want to like if someone is like sad, you're like, F you, bye. <laughs> like, you don't want to be like that. But also, I think there are a finite amount of people that have earned the seat in your life who you will let that affect. I This is what I just thought of. I think it's it all has to do with the person who's mm-hmm. earned the seat in your life. Mm-hmm. I think that is key because... Like, mom I, is sad, I'm going to be sad. Yeah. When, stranger is sad, whatever. And it's not even a stranger. I think for me, it's like... If one of my core friends are sad, and I right. say core friends because, like, I have, like, five really, really good friends at this moment in my life. If one of them are sad, I, like, feel it for them. Yeah. So maybe I'm an empath in that way. But if someone is that I don't necessarily know or that I'm kind of acquainted with or I'm just not, like, super close with, then maybe I'm not right like that. But I, I've, I can think of distinct moments where... I've seen friends as sad and I felt for them fully. Like I wouldn't understand what they're going through, but I could feel what they're going through. Yeah. But yeah. So, but I also, it depends on the person hundred percent. Yeah. It's definitely the person. Yeah. All right. What's your, is it third one? Mm -hmm. 
What's your third one? So my third tip on being independent is to spend time with yourself, to get to know yourself, and truly start enjoying that time with yourself. At the end of the day, we only have ourselves. You know, all the things that we're waiting on other people to bring out of us, we already have within us. If you want to try this workout class, don't wait for someone to bring you. Just go. If you want to go on a trip, don't wait for someone to bring it up and plan it. Just go. Like it sounds easier said than done. But for example, church has been something that I've been wanting to do for a while, but I put it on the back burner for so long because no one was bringing me or I could not find someone that would want to go with me. But then I had a friend tell me like, you know, Allison, this is your own journey. Just like I mean, this is kind of like a bigger mantra of life. Like, this is your life. You can't wait on someone to bring this out of you. You can't wait for someone to bring you. Um, And she was right. It was really hard to do this on my own, but I ended up exploring churches on my own, went by myself. And it's really scary, like stepping into anywhere alone. I think that's really scary. But the more you do it, the more I realize, like, I actually enjoy doing these things alone um you don't have to worry about anyone else you can enjoy your own company I think that's the key is like not only forcing yourself to step out of your comfort zone and doing these things alone but start really enjoying the time with yourself I know that can be uncomfortable especially if you haven't done it like often but it could be something as simple as like running errands alone and being like you can set the pace of how you run these errands you don't have to rush at someone else's time you know getting your nails done alone and like listening to a good podcast and enjoying that time um getting lunch alone just like if you want to get a salad and then after you want to get ice cream like that's your prerogative you can do that Mm -hmm. um so I think as challenging as it may seem starting to do things alone that you may have been waiting on someone else to, to do I think more often times than not, you'll realize, wait, I actually almost prefer doing these things alone. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I feel like you saying that is very inspirational to me. It's like, okay, like there are a lot of things that I've wanted to do. And yeah. Like, also, I have like a summer coming up where my schedule might not align perfectly with other people in my life. So I feel like recently I've been like, okay, like what am I going to do? Like I need to find someone to like go do this yeah. with or do that with. And that is not the case. Like, yes, it's amazing. It's fun to like be with your friends, be with your family. But sometimes like life just doesn't work out for everyone in the same right. way. So I think that's a really great thing to do. I I feel like this is something that's evolved since you've moved to New York. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think once you start working, you have a harsh realization. Like schools, it was, yes, you did these things alone, but you would still have classes with friends. Yeah. You could still walk to class with friends. Work your all on your own. No one's going to handhold you when you go into that office no one's gonna do the work for you next to you like yeah we're all on our own so I think that was the first step of me like really doing these things on my own commuting alone doing the work alone showing up for myself being responsible for all these things that's the first step Mm -hmm. and then in a place like New York City where there's so much opportunity but there's also everyone is on such different busy schedules and lives like everyone's so busy you are you come to a, a quick realization that if you were to sit and wait for everyone to align on a schedule, you'll be waiting forever. Literally. So if you want to do these things, you got to just do it. 
Um, so I think it takes you being in a situation where you're forced to do these things alone mm-hmm. that you get comfortable doing these things alone. Yeah. I definitely want to try this this summer. Do you think that you've done like these things alone or do you feel like you haven't really tapped into that? I feel like I haven't really tapped into it. I think I've dipped my toe into it. Just like, I think for me this semester, I'm not really taking a lot of classes with other people, like a lot of like really close friends. Um, Some of them I am, some of them I'm not. But like, I think I find myself in the middle of the day when I'm in class going to lunch alone Mm -hmm. or studying alone just because my other friends aren't on campus or they're already in class somewhere else. So I think I've, dip my toe in that aspect but still definitely nowhere close to like where you're at Mm -hmm. but it's definitely something i want to get into because i feel like i want to be able to i don't know if i'll ever be able to eat in a restaurant alone Mm -hmm. but like at least go to church alone yeah go travel alone or i will say i do love traveling alone Mm -hmm. like being on a plane alone that's really a reflective time for me Mm -hmm. i love that stuff but like in general going like going to church alone scares me right but i want to be able to do that yeah within this year right i think that that's a great stepping stone because i remember like yeah like freshman year sophomore year you always or in general people want to eat lunch with people study with people and like i would not i'd be so uncomfortable like doing these things alone yeah like i'd be like i'm not going to i couldn't go to the dining hall no absolutely not so that's a huge step you know like slowly but surely you being more comfortable these are all like the little steps that you'll take in order to get to that place of like going to a restaurant alone yeah yeah i completely agree all right what is your final tip on being independent okay final tip it's like a quote ish um i don't know who said it but it's i have everything that i need to create the life that i want so true you don't need anything else to create the life that you want other than what you already have in yourself Sometimes it takes developing. Sometimes it takes a little bit of maturing. I understand that. And I'm definitely going through that right now. But in general, I think I always just have to remind myself the external factors or external people, relationships, things in my life. It's just not necessary to create the life that I want. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's nice. Yes, it can add on. But I think when you become fully okay with being yourself, with everything within yourself, you, I guess open up the world of the other things the external factors that can come into your life um to kind of just add on Mm -hmm. and not necessarily complete Mm. so that's like my last tip i think it's just like something that i have to remind myself a lot but something that i am constantly working on yeah i think that's a good point of like these things and people they can be additive to your life but they may not they shouldn't be filling a void yeah like you should I mean, this is easier than the done, but like we should be whole and complete and full on our own. And mm-hmm. these people just like enhance our lives or these things just enhance our lives. Completely agree. All right. We're going to wrap up the quote of the week and it is work on becoming your own source of love. If you tie your happiness to external factors like people, places and things, it can be taken away. When your joy and love come from within, no matter what you're going through, you will always feel supported and cherished. I don't know who said this, but it was incredible. And I think that it just really ties what we talked about today together. So make sure to follow us on Instagram at Sunday Glow Pod. Check out our favorites and stay up to date on all things Sunday Glow on SundayGlowPod.com. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Bye. Bye.